If you'd open up your Bibles with me, as I said earlier, to Matthew chapter 13, we'll be reading there in just a moment, beginning in verse 1. Uh, I'm hoping to begin a series about uh, restoring things. And I want to um, just kind of lay some foundation uh, today so we can start building upon this each and every week. When Jesus came to earth as a baby, the word says that uh, the word became flesh and he, and he dwelt among us. He was walking among us. He, we see him in, in the temple at such an early age. We see him uh, later on as, as his ministry begins. And everywhere that Jesus was going, he had a message inside of him. And it would come out in various topics and various forms and methods along the way. But I think that we could sum up the message of Jesus probably with one word, and that would be the kingdom. Everywhere that Jesus was going, everything that he was preaching and teaching about, at the end of the day, it was all about the kingdom. Amen. Everything that he did, it was about the kingdom. And this kingdom starts on the inside of us. How many of you know that uh, Jesus Christ did not die just so that you could simply go to church all of your life? Amen. Yes, he wants you in church, but that's not why he died just so you could go and attend church all of your life. He, he didn't die just so that you could simply be a good person. How many of you know there are good people that never step into a church? Amen. There are good people. Good doesn't save you, but but the only thing that can save you is the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the one. He is the only. There's no way to the Father. There's no other way into heaven except through Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the one true and only way. And he said, I am that door. I am the door. Walk through me. I am the door of life. He is the entryway into a new life, into that kingdom life, a life where he is living on the inside of you and he is breathing through you it is it is more than just about going to church it's more than just about giving and serving it is a lifestyle it is a life that he wants you to live and now there is work to be done on earth there is work that he did and now he is handing the keys to us there is a work that has to be done there is a recovery that has to be done that goes all the way back to Adam. When Adam was given somewhat a reign on earth, he was given authority and, and, and earth was ruled by the principles of, of heaven. And when Adam and Eve fell, sin came to earth. And now that has to be restored. Jesus comes to what? To restore that which was lost. And Jesus came to earth. And uh, whenever he starts his ministry, we see Jesus starting to talk about something different. It was, it was, he was making political statements about a different type of politics. He starts talking about government. He starts talking about authority. He starts talking about a kingdom that is not here on earth. He starts talking about rulers. He starts talking about the keys to death, hell, and the grave and how he is giving those things back to us. Amen. He starts telling his disciples to go make more disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It is written in the scripture. And in Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 1, 
The word says that on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And a great multitude were, were gathered there together to him so that he got in a boat and sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Can you, can you see this picture of Jesus? There's a multitude sitting on the hillside and he gets in a boat and pushes himself out on the water and he's using the water as a microphone. It's like, it's like an amphitheater that he is talking to the multitudes on. And the word says that verse three, that he spoke many things to them in parables. He's telling them a story and he's saying, behold, a sower went out to sow and, and he sowed and some seeds fell on the wayside and the birds came and devoured them. And then in verse five, he said that some fell on the stony places. In verse seven, he said, some fell among the thorns. And in verse eight, he says, some fell among good ground. So he's using this parable to teach about four different kinds of, of ground that these seeds have been falling on. And in verse 10, uh, the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Why do you speak to them in parables? You don't, you don't talk to us that way. Why are you speaking to them in a different way? And if you can see what is happening here, the disciples are recognizing that there is, that, that there is, that there's something different from the, the multitude and themselves. He said, why do you speak to them? And then all of a sudden there comes this us and them in the gospel. You, you talk to them that way and you talk to us this way. And, and, and now there are two different people in the gospels. There's an us and there's a them. There are us churches and there are them churches. Listen, I love to preach at us churches. Us churches. Whenever I go to an us church and I preach an us message, they, they get the word and they can run with it. And it's like the glory fills this place. But whenever I go to a church and I preach an us type of message in a them type of church, they, it's, 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 it's like they don't have the capacity to, to, to receive the revelation it is. And, and I don't know about you, but I want legacy to be part of the us group. I want legacy to be an us church. What is, what is, what is the difference? What is, an, what is the us group? The us group were the disciples. And those were the people that God wanted to bring on the inside and share the secrets of the kingdom with him. And I don't know about you, but I want legacy to be a church that's walking closely to the Lord. And whenever things are happening in the world, we're not caught off guard because God has breathed some revelation into us. He's given us some insight. I don't want to be a church full of surface people that like sitting on the shoreline and listening to stories from afar. The us and the them. In verse 10, he said, and the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, he said, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. 
I don't know about you, but when reading this through modern day lens, it can seem somewhat of a crazy answer how he is separating the crowds because Jesus had just spent hours of his precious time talking to the multitudes and when and he was taking a real message, a real kingdom word, and he was putting it behind a story because he knew that they could not grasp the fullness of it. But you, he said, those of you that are following me closely, I will tell you the story behind the story. Amen. I will give you the details of the kingdom. I will give you the bone inversion. I'll give you the honest truth because you know what to do with it. And in verse 12, for whoever has to him more will be given and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have Even what he has will be taken away from him. He was saying, I am looking for people that know how to manage and handle my word. I am looking for a church, for a group of people that know how to manage and handle the blessings. And to those people that know how to manage what I have given to them, I will give those people even more. But those that don't know what to do and how to use the word that I have given them, I will take it from them and I will give it to people that know how to use it. The people that are diligent and wise, I will keep blessing them. But to the people but to the people who are sitting on the wayside, the people who may not be serving, the people that do not want to give, the people that do not want to sow, the people that, 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 that want to do nothing uh, else with me, he said, I will take it from them and I will give it to those of you who are walking with me. And in verse 13, he said, therefore I speak to them in parables parables because seeing that they do not see and hearing that they do not hear nor do they understand and in verse 16 but blessed are your eyes for you see and your ears for they hear for assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it Here in the Gospels, there are two different types of people. There are two different types of people in the Gospels. And there are two different types of people today. I want you to understand this. There is an us and there's a them. There's an us and there's a them. There are disciples and then there's the crowds. Some 2,000 years later, for 2,000 years, Jesus has been drawing the crowds. He has been able to draw a crowd for over 2,000 years. I was doing a little research, and it said that the average pop artist has the ability to, to, to remain like number one hits for about two to three years of their career. Then after that, it's all downhill. But, but for 2,000 years, Jesus has been drawing a crowd for 2,000 years. Now this morning, there are thousands of people that are gathered, millions of people around the world in churches, and they're calling out to him. But you need to be careful because just because there's a crowd, it doesn't mean Jesus is in the crowd. The people that God was willing to give the kingdom to, they were not in the multitude. Hmm. Get this. Some of you may not like this. It's okay. The multitude. 
There is a common characteristic of people in multitudes. Whenever there's a multitude being talked about throughout Scripture, whenever there's a multitude being talked about in the Word, in the Gospel, if you start looking at the characteristics, there is one similar characteristic that is found in the multitude. And that characteristic of the multitude is that they would always gather for the free stuff. Hmm. They liked the free stuff. Whenever Jesus had a healing line, every sick person, no matter if they didn't even really believe in him, they would come and they would join the multitude to try to get their healing. They heard Jesus was around and they were hungry and they knew they had heard about what he could do with just a couple of fish and a couple of slices of bread. They knew that they would get some free food. The multitudes. Every time Jesus was casting out demons, every woman in the hood would drag out her husband and say, get them out. Get them out, Lord. I can't live with him anymore. Just do something for me. Everyone would line up when Jesus was giving away something. But when Jesus would ask for something from them, the crowd would shrink from the multitude to 12. Mm. There would be thousands of people standing on a hillside waiting for the blessings of the Lord and he would turn around and there's only 12. You talk about a mood killer. You talk about a self-esteem robber. The American leader could not take having a thousand followers one day and they're turning around and only having 12 people that he could actually depend on. How many of you know that all of your Facebook friends are really not your friends? They're just acquaintances. This was kind of the same. Jesus turned around. He had thousands of friends but turn around Whenever it was time to do something with him, there were only 12 people there. And how, how did this happen? Why were, who was this us crowd, these disciples? How, why were they called disciples? The root word is because they were disciplined. How were they disciplined? They walked with God. They didn't just show, the, they didn't just show up for a church service. But they walked with God. They didn't just worship whenever their favorite song came on. They would worship with no sound system whatsoever. No piano player. No one on vocals. They just wanted to worship and walk with him. The people that just showed up for the church service, the people that just showed up for the hillside, for the multitudes, yes, they got his gifts. They they, they received from his anointing. They, they got their healing. They, they saw limbs grow back. They watched demons flee. They got the meals. And, and they, they watched in amazement as he turned water into wine. But it was only the people that walked with him that got the kingdom. He said to his disciples, it's been given to you to know the mysteries. To know the mysteries of it. How? How? The disciples must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. But every time I ask people to take up the cross, I turn around and there's only a few right there. The multitudes. And yes, we can gather in large crowds. We can pack out stadiums and have the best worship 
band there and have the greatest pastors and preachers there. But if you want the kingdom, if you want the kingdom, see, the kingdom in, 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 um, in the gospels, in a parable, is called the pearl of great price. That is the kingdom. And what did Jesus say? He said, I will not cast my pearls to the swine. What was he saying? He said, I will not give my kingdom to just anyone. I'm not going to give the best that I have and give it to a bunch of pigs that just want to roll around in the slop with my gifts and do nothing to contribute to the kingdom. That will preach this morning. Why? Because there's a them and there's an us. I was preaching two or three weeks ago to a different church. I was sharing with them a word. And at the end of the service, the Lord just spoke to me to, to speak to the leadership, to the pastor and his wife about the second half of the year. This was in June, and we were just like a few days away from the calendar rolling over to July. And as soon as the calendar hits July, you step into the second half of the year. How many of you know that games are won and lost in the second half? It really don't matter about what you did in the first half. It's all about the second half. If you don't believe me, just ask any Georgia fan we know. How can we forget? Up three, four touchdowns at the half. And in the second half, just like any Georgia Atlanta sports team, something happens. Nick Satan does his thing. Because games are won and lost in the second half. I told first service, don't be cheering for that big A in Alabama because it means anarchy. It's, it's satanic. Come on, somebody. Games are won and lost in the second half. We are in that second half of this year. In the game called 2021. And the word says that your ladder shall be greater than the way you started it. And this second half, there's going to be a lot of people that are praying for deliverance from something. Listen, deliverance is an act of God to remove you from a situation that through your natural ability, you have no ability to do it within yourself. It takes God pulling you up out of something. I mean, we saw God go in and deal with Pharaoh in the Word. They didn't have the power to do it themselves. It was an act of God. I mean, we watched him. He, he, he parted the Red Sea and they walked through on dry ground. He let it rain fire. He let frogs fill the land. Locusts cover the earth. He was a mad God. Why? Because the enemy was messing with his children and he delivered them. He, he, made, he had a place he wanted them to go and he wasn't going to allow the enemy to stop them. He, he, he wanted them to get to the promised land so what did he do he delivered them from Egypt but it took 40 years of a journey called the wilderness before they got to experience freedom <sighs> you were delivered snatched them up out of it and it took 40 years 
for them to get free from something they had already been delivered from. Wow. How many people can relate to that? Where the Lord just came in and snatched you up. But it took forever to get free from your mind and everything. Let's just be honest. We want and love deliverance. Because it's the easiest thing for us. For God to come in and just pull us out. We want God to do a miracle today. We just want him to come and pull us out of our problem. How many of you have ever been like, Lord, you better come and get me out of this mess. Tomorrow morning, Monday, at somebody's job, somebody's going to say, Lord, you better come and get me out of this mess. Give me a new job, Lord. Pull me out of this. Get me out of here. Pull me out of this depression. Yank me out of this anxiety. Yank me out of my addictions. Pull me. Deliver me. And while you are waiting for him to deliver you, God is waiting for you to become a disciple. There's power in discipleship. There's power in you knowing the word. There's power in you knowing and having the word hidden in your heart. There is power in that because once you are delivered from sin, now it's up for you to become a disciple. And while they had been delivered from Egypt, what should have taken them 11 days, they had already been delivered. Now it took them 40 years to free them from Egypt. And see, so many people in the church come to church and sit in services like today, but are still in the same mindset. Have you, do you know people in your life, it's like they keep going back to their Egypt. They just keep, it's like, a, it's like, it's like you, you know that old, um, I think it was back in the 80s whenever y'all were in the club and y'all would do the, you know it. You see that girl over there, you're like, It's a catch. And so many times, it's like we're in the club with Satan, living life. And he's like, and before you know it, we're like, I went to church Sunday, but it's Monday now. It's Friday tonight. And before you know it, what he had delivered you from. You're now in the wilderness trying to get free, trying to get free. See, so many come to church with that same mindset. You come to church and you may not be in it, but you have that same mindset of what Egypt was like. You get a new job, but guess what? You, you're going to lose that job unless you change your old ways. Nobody could work with you last year. Nobody can work with you yet this year. And you're like, praise the Lord, I got it. He pulled you out. But unless you change your old ways, you have a new relationship, but you will lose it unless you change your old ways your mind keeps taking you back to Egypt you may not be doing that thing anymore but you just keep falling back your mind keeps saying well that's where you're supposed to be and the disciples were the first to really grasp what the kingdom was because they were the first to walk with Jesus and they disciplined themselves because I was over here in Egypt I was a fisherman but he pulled me out now I'm a fisherman of men now I have a new identity I've walked with him and I've talked with him and I'm not the same as I was. Listen, if I were to give an altar call right now and I were to say, you know what? The Lord woke me up at midnight last night 
There's something about midnight. Cue the organ. Mm. God woke me up last night and said there's going to be anointing in this house. It's going to break poverty. It's going to, it's going to, re- it's going to release you of all of your debt. You know what? I'd be praying for people all day long. People would just come running here. Oh, free me of my debt. Praise the Lord. Everything. I mean, I could be praying for people for hours. Why? Because we want deliverance. We want to be pulled out today. We want to be yanked out now. But guess what? If I made the announcement that starting next month, we're starting a biblical finance class, we'd have about eight people sign up. That's what I was expecting. Silence. You want to know why? Because freedom comes with work. Freedom comes with work. Why? Because you shall know the what? The truth. And the truth shall what? Set you free. He said, I have delivered you, but now I have pulled you out. You've got to get with the word. You've got to step in the word. You've got to get the word in your mind. You've got to get the word in your heart. Because if you don't, it's the truth. It's that word that's going to, that's, that's, that will solidify your deliverance. I have pulled you out. Now you've got to work to get free. And, and, and here we are. Why? We don't like the freedom because it takes work. We want deliverance. God delivers you to get you out and then get Gives you information so you'll never get back in. That's what the word is. The truth, the information shall set you free. Why do we have so many Christians that get delivered on Sunday and are back in it on Monday? Is because they, they, they don't have that word inside of them. They are not locked in. They're not walking with the Lord. And if you don't watch it, if you, if you, if, if you don't get to that free place with the word, it's just a matter of time to we're sitting here and somebody's like, where's Johnny at? I thought he was free. I thought he was, no, no, I'm sorry. He's back in the crack house. Mm. Praise the Lord. God gave me a job. I thought you had a new job. No, I couldn't take it anymore. I had to, I, I, I got to move on. And then here we go again. God, deliver me. God, yank me out of this mess. God, pull me out. God, do this. There is a time for deliverance. There is a time for deliverance. But let me tell you something. We've got to stop taking the free stuff. We've got to get with the Lord. Amen. We've got to stop standing on the hillside just waiting for the blessings. And we've got to get in the boat with Jesus. He's calling us to get into the water. We've been singing about the water this morning. He's calling his church to get wet with his glory if God is calling us into the water why are there so many dry churches why is your worship so dry a lot of time it's because you've been with the thems and you've not been in the boat with the us now's your time to make an investment Ben help me out this morning we are watching the multitudes do crazy, crazy stuff. Have you turned on your news lately? Have you seen social media lately? Whenever I think it can't get any worse, there it is. I mean, I'm talking about secular agendas being shoved down the throats of Christians. Can I get an amen this morning? My kids cannot even watch Disney, Nickelodeon because there are commercials that is shoving it down their throat. The multitudes 
it's okay. It's all right. There's a them and there's an us. And if you have a cool complex, it's going to be hard for you to leave the them. If, you, if you're one of those people, you've got to be in the in crowd. If you're one of those people, you got to do what everybody else is doing. you got to have on what everybody else has on. Your kids have to be in everything. You've got to drive this certain type of vehicle. You've got to have this certain type of... If you've got to have cool church where they do two and a half songs and he preaches 30 minutes and there's never anybody praying and they play a cool little secular music as you're walking out, you better suit yourself up and you need to get away from the thems and you need to get with the us group. I don't know what it is. I have such a hunger and a thirst. I've never felt like this in my life. I've never wanted to be just so close to Jesus as I want to be today. I have such a desire just to be as close to Jesus as possible. I was talking to first service and yesterday we had prayer. Thank you to everyone that comes out to our Saturday prayers. I was up here closing out prayer. I don't know when the, the Lord just gave me something and it's like I told first service, I've never claimed to be a prophet and I, I'm not saying that I am a prophet, but I feel like the Lord spoke to me and I, I honestly feel, I don't say this to solidify my word. I honestly feel that there is something that is coming. There is something that is going to happen on American soil in the next six months that if you remain in the thems, you will walk away from your faith. There is something that is going to, that's going to happen to our nation that the crowds that are just there for the party. I can't walk any further with you. I've gone as far as I can go. Jesus, you, you go on out in the boat. I'll be waiting here till next time. There is something that's gonna happen that the thems will not be able to handle. They will walk away, but for the us group. Over the next six months, in all the chaos that's about to happen. When everyone else is falling apart, God is going to give us a new revelation of the kingdom. And we will continue to stand and say, for it is written. It is written. I'm not caught off guard by this. It is written. It is written for the next six months when everything else is going on. I hear the theme of this latter day. Come out from among them. 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 Why are you so worried about fitting in with them when they don't even know the kingdom? Why are you so worried fitting in, 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 in their political stances when they're not for the kingdom? 
Why is the church straddling the fence of life? I don't get it. It is written. Why are we straddling this fence of political correctness? Trying to love everybody? This, let me get on a little spiritual soapbox. This, this season that we've been in of acceptance was birthed in hell. Because now we can't, we can't call anything a sin because we just accept it and we love you through it. That is of the devil. Sin is still sin. Bottom line. If you're watching online, you can email me tomorrow. I'll hit delete. A sin is a sin. And the church cannot sit here. One minute we're with them. One minute we're with us. One minute we're with the multitudes. The next minute we're in the boat. Why? Because we're trying to look cool. Why? Because we're trying to be politically correct. We just want to love everybody to the cross. The world needs the truth. It is written. Come out from among them. Come out from among them. Come out from among them. If you're ready to come out from among get up on your feet this morning I declare this will be an us church I'm not worried about political lines I'm worried about the kingdom I will fight for the kingdom I'm not fighting you over politics I'm fighting for the kingdom I'm preaching the blood I'm preaching the word come on we're going to sing this out today come on raise up your hands with me declare it come on declare it today come out from among them hey come out from among them hey get in the boat with jesus to the multitudes let me tell you something God is freeing you of that he's not only he is freeing you of that you can't you can't live in victory you come in here and you can't worship you come in here and you can't even think right because you compare yourself to them God is saying no 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 you don't need to be with him come out from among them why are you so worried about looking like them I didn't call you to look like them I call you to be a light in a, in a time of darkness. I called you to stick out. Why are you so worried if you look like them? 
The most offensive thing you can do is be a Christian these days. The gospel was offensive. Why? Because he said you are living in the wrong. It is sin. It offends people. And here we are. We're so worried, oh God. Are they going to like me? Are they going to cancel me? Is Facebook going to block me? Who cares? We are the church of the living God. There's only one God, and it's Him. Come out from among them. Come out from among them. Come on, let's sing it out. Come out, Paul. Put your hands together like this. Yahweh, sing His name. Yahweh, Yahweh. We're going to cry out His name. I believe God is about to set a man, a generation of legacy men on fire with the Holy Ghost. You've been riding that fence. I tell you what, you've been waking up in the middle of the night and thinking, what in the world's wrong with me? It must have been that Taco Bell. I know it wasn't Taco Bell. It's the Holy Ghost and he's trying to wreck your life right now. I declare it. God, wake up a generation of men at four o'clock in the morning. Let them get on their knees beside their bed and cry out to the Lord their God. Oh, God, wake up a generation of legacy men. Lord, I pray for legacy ladies. I'm not the mother I should be. I don't feel like an adequate mother. The devil is a liar. Lord, I pray you start waking up a generation of women early in the morning. When they're sitting there like, what in the world's wrong with me? Why can't I sleep? It must have been that movie I watched. No, it's the Holy Spirit. He's trying to set a fire in your belly. And He can't set a fire in your belly when you're sitting on the wayside. He's calling to separate yourself. Oh God, I pray right now, a generation of hungry men and women. Oh God, get up early in the morning and they start declaring the goodness of the Lord. I pray for men and women who lay out on their face and say, Lord, I can't do it without you. I need the Holy Ghost. I, I want you to raise your hand right now if you say, God, Lord, make me a man. Make me a woman who's on fire for you. I pray over every hand that's being raised. Lord, leave them restless. Lord, wake them up in the morning. 
Give them dreams. Give them visions. Oh, God, I pray they can't rest at night until they thank you. I pray they, their day is not, cannot start until they call on your name. Oh, we're coming out from among them. We're calling out from among them. Oh, God, raise up a generation. Raise your up a generation. this afternoon and you need to delete every contact in your phone you need to come out from among them I don't know who you are but you gotta change something these next six months they're not gonna be easy and you've gotta be geared up undergirded with the word you gotta stand when everyone else is sitting we're going we're gonna to have to proclaim the word of the Lord whenever everyone else is declaring agendas. No, I declare the word of the Lord. I'm not jumping on these bandwagons. I'm just jumping in the boat with Jesus. Come on, we got to get off the shore, people. I'll love you all the way to the cross. But I ain't going to lie to you and tell you that your lifestyle's okay. I'll love you all the way. I'll walk with you. I'll show you grace and mercy. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Because the truth shall set you free. Come out from among them. I love you today. Don't you just love the Lord today? Listen. I want you to join me starting today through Wednesday. We're in our monthly prayer and fasting. And if you've never fasted before, I want you to fast with us. Listen, this is not so you can lose weight, okay? That's a different type of fasting. I know that's a fad right now. If that's what you do, you keep doing you, okay? You, you keep fasting to lose your weight. But this fast is a spiritual purpose. It's about just cleaning out everything so we can hear the voice of the Lord. And then Wednesday, this Wednesday, our Summer Fire Series continues. And listen, this house will be packed out. We are going to have additional chairs up here, but it, it will be packed out, I'm just telling you. So we're asking you to reserve your seats online this, this evening, this afternoon. Pastor Kevin Wallace from Redemption of the Nations Church is going to be bringing us a timely word right here. And if you've never heard him preach, let me tell you something. He's one of the best communicators of the gospel for this generation. He's a man of fire, okay? Let me tell you something. Invite your friends, invite your family. 
pull out your phone right now and text them to be here, but you better tell them they better reserve their seats because there will be a waiting list. I'm just telling you that. I want everybody in this house, but I know they cannot fit because of our seating and we don't want the fire marshal to come close us down. So we will, we will have people standing wherever we can, but it will be very limited, so reserve your seats. We are having full children's ministry this Wednesday night for your kids. Let them wear their pajamas, bring a pillow and blanket. We're having a fun downstairs for them. You can bring them home and throw them right in the bed. They'll be ready to go. Won't he do it? So let me tell you something. Get your family here. Register your kids. Register yourself this evening. It will be a full house and it's going to be powerful. I know some people from out of cities, cities around have already said they're going to be here, okay? So the doors will not open till 645. There will probably be a line of people. You will have a seat as you come in, okay? If you'll, the line, it'll start this door, come down this sidewalk, okay? I'm just giving you that information. It will be a full house. I want to see you here. It's going to be on fire, but I want you to be praying and fasting me. If you, if you say, you know what, I'll do that. Will you just say amen with me? That was pretty weak. Some of you better pray. Come out from among them and get in the fasting boat and prayer boat with us this week. Also, next Saturday, you don't want to miss next Saturday, we're having our Legacy Children's Ministry is sponsoring a family-wide, church-wide scavenger hunt for anybody. You don't have to have small children. The winner is walking away with over $500 in prizes. You don't want to miss it. We're going to start right here at 10 o'clock. You'll get the you'll get all the clues then you will literally be racing all over our city and county that's just a little hint so it's going to be fun uh register online for that okay so we'll know you're going to be here don't miss it invite your friends and your family to that they can be from outside of this church invite your friends and family to participate with us i can't wait to see you wednesday i can't wait to see you next week please remember we're still pre-registering our kids every week to make our check-in quick and easy for our children's ministry so help us out with that all right i love you guys